Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It is irrational to think that the problem facing America when it comes to prosecutions is the lack of them. Any other thought other than, well, we're not prosecuting criminals like we should be is madness. It's surreal. It's laughable. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. That, that's where you find all the, all the things. I was on News Nation last night. I've done, done a couple things with them this week. I'm actually on tonight doing late night. They're changing their whole schedule around and I, I'm, I'm, I'm being helpful. I enjoy, I enjoy it, get to have a conversation. But yesterday was a conversation about prosecutors. It was a conversation about what's going on. What is causing uh, this increase in crime that we are all dealing with? What's doing this? And and what I stated for the record was, look, you can have with me the cultural conversations. I'm down for it. What is missing from society that needs to be put back into it? What is happening in society that needs to be extricated? Because I make the argument when we discuss, for example, violence, the issue is, 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 is quite clearly a cultural one. It is without question not about guns. It's foolhardy to say that it's about guns. It would be lying because there are, as we know, millions of gun owners who are not a problem. We know they're not a problem because they go around their daily lives not being a problem. When we take a look at the shooting that took place at the Greenwood Park Mall in Greenwood, Indiana, just south of Indianapolis, the Good Samaritan, Eli, who had a firearm on him, was not a problem. Well, it said it was a gun-free zone and he didn't listen. Thank God. Stop pushing gun-free zones. Seriously, for for the gun grabbers, stop pushing gun-free zones. You sound like schmucks. You really do. It's it's embarrassing already. It's just it, it really and truly and completely. It's embarrassing. Cut it out. It's a bad argument. You've lost it. Give it up. You won't make fetch happen. He was the way to handle the other person with a firearm who wanted to kill people. The question before us then is why did that guy with a firearm want to kill people? 
Because this guy, Eli with a firearm, just wanted to be able to protect himself and the ones he loved. So clearly, it's not the firearm, it is the mind. But I got asked yesterday as part of this panel on News Nation about this subject about prosecutors. Residents in these big cities seeing a spike in crime, they're calling for a crackdown. So do we get tougher on crime or do we focus on prevention? Let's start with you, with you Tony. I don't think it's an either or. But when you see people upset with Governor Ron DeSantis claiming it's political, well, maybe it is political, and maybe there's something wrong with the political left's politics of not going after criminals, of not prosecuting. You think it's political. Tell that to the families of people who have been hurt, who have been stolen from, who have been killed. And they'll say, hell yes, it's political. Rightfully so. There's something wrong with the left's politics, whether it's uh, Chase Bowden in San Francisco, George Gascon in Los Angeles, whether it's Kim Fox in Chicago, Alvin Bragg in New York, or Ryan Mears right here in my beloved Indianapolis. They have the problem and they only have one thing in common, and that's their political party. Now, I ask you, did I say anything in that that was offensive? Did I say anything in that that isn't just clear as day? How could it be seen in any other way? The connectivity between these cities is the policies of the people in charge. And the issue with these prosecutors is that they do not believe that every crime should be prosecuted. The reason Ron DeSantis came up is that because, is because he uh, suspended a, a prosecutor who said, well, we're not going to prosecute cases uh, of abortion. We're not going to prosecute uh, this, that, or, 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 or the other. Well, I don't know if prosecutors have that right. Some people will state, and this panel discussed that I was on, the idea of prosecutorial discretion. That's a little different than whether or not you're going to decide that my politics are more important than the law. Uh, People have a right to be infuriated by that have the right to be infuriated by that. And I got asked again, some commentary by uh, the governor, uh, not the governor, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, that the criminal justice system is insane. What's, what's my take? Nothing changes. Insane. Tony, do you agree? Well, it's insane only when we have prosecutors who don't prosecute. And Capri, with all due respect, that's that's the wrong uh, conversation. Of course, it is political. And the only thing that connects the people that I just mentioned is their political party. That's not being a partisan. That's recognizing reality, staring you right in the face. It is not that you have to do one versus the other. It's not that you have to do one before the other. We can argue that we need to do all these things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors not prosecuting has failed. We should be honest about that. It's amazing how that's a, a controversial position. That's considered controversial. You know what they don't think is controversial? In New York, they don't think it's controversial when the mayor says, hey, when you're applying for a job, we're going to need your photo so we can increase diversity. What? 
They need your photo. They're asking for your photo so they can take a look at who they are hiring so they can hire more of this group and more of that group and not as many of the other group so they can show how diverse they are. DEI is bigotry. Fire all your DEI officers. The state of Indiana that has one on the cabinet level, I've met her. She's lovely enough. Fire her. All DEI is bigotry. If you have a company with a DEI officer, you are promoting bigotry. If you have a school with a DEI officer, you are promoting bigotry. It's over. It's the same conversation as the conversation about the prosecutors who don't prosecute. They have one thing in common, and that is their political ideology. And DEI officers and all this talk about diversity has one thing in common. It's all bigotry. So get rid of it. And... Stop being bigots. Stop being bigots. And stop claiming that things aren't, uh, that aren't bad are bad. In Seattle, they have a school district that claims that math can be impressive and kids uh, 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 recognize, hey, look, these kids can recognize testing inequality. Seattle Public Schools have been using a math-ethnic studies framework that wants to end oppressive mathematical practices. So we understand each other. So we understand. Math is the only thing you can point to that isn't bigoted. You can argue that things have a level of bias or people have a level of bias. I believe that to be true. I've got biases. For example, uh, I'm attracted uh, to to women. Isn't that biased? Uh, also, also, I'm I'm attracted to hot women. Like, what? How far do you want me to go on this thing? You could argue that it's a bias. They're not bad things. You like what you like. I'm not here to judge it. As long as it's legal, as long as I hurt somebody else, that's fine. As I've often said, everyone's got a fetish. And sometimes these fetishes are fine and safe, and sometimes these fetishes are illegal and and dangerous. Sometimes these fetishes require a a, a safe word, right? My safe word, Joe Manchin. No, wait, no, no. Joe Manchin isn't keeping the country safe. Have to find a new safe word. But math, math just is. Two plus two is always four, and there is no other answer. There is no other answer. The prosecutors who refuse to prosecute all have one thing in common. It's their political ideology. The push for diversity so great that you need someone's photo to decide whether to hire them is bigotry. All DEI, all diversity pushes have one thing in common. It's the bigotry. Math... Two plus two is always four. And the one thing in common is that anybody who says otherwise is wrong. The student is wrong. The teacher is wrong. The parent is wrong. The politico is wrong. The cultural person is wrong. The celebrity is wrong. They're all wrong if they say anything other than two plus two is four. Here, there is no other answer. So when you argue that mathematics can be oppressive 
when you have questions like, can you suggest resolutions to oppressive mathematical practices? How can we change mathematics from individualistic to collectivist thinking? I believe uh, one of the resolutions is show me the students who have uh, studied this and show me the teachers who teach this and make sure they never get to design a bridge because these people are going to get others killed. Because a bridge doesn't care about race. It cares about math. It cares about the right amount of steel that is uh, welded together in the right spots and the right amount of concrete, not too much, not too little, poured in the right places to the right thickness. Bridges only care about math. They don't care about anything else. Bridges do not care about your sexuality. Bridges do not care about the clothes that you wear or the bathrooms that you use. Bridges don't care about how you vote. Bridges don't care about drug use. Bridges only care about math. And if you want a nation that has bridges to connect it from one point to another, you better care about math too. And when you care about math, the first thing you must admit is that two plus two is always four and there is no other answer. As a matter of fact, every other answer is wrong. And you have to be able to say the words. Not, oh, good try. Not, oh, close. It's wrong. Because anytime you build a bridge where you have to do a mathematical equation in order to figure out how it carries the load, and you say 2 plus 2 is 4.7, you go, well, that's the way I feel. People are going to die. It's amazing what happens when you don't engage a conversation about reality. Let's talk about monkeypox. The White House has decided that monkeypox is a national emergency. And they have now made the statement that monkeypox is to be treated as such. Oh, it was a big story yesterday. Monkeypox is very, very dangerous. Monkeypox is a public health emergency. Well, I think you should be aware of monkeypox. I think you should know what it is. I also think you should note how monkeypox is spread. Monkeypox is difficult to get. It's not COVID. COVID is aerosolized. COVID just spreads through the ether. And a mask doesn't stop it. Monkeypox requires serious contact. Monkeypox requires person-on-person transmission. When you take a look at monkeypox, you find that the vast majority of the 6,600 cases in the United States, 6,600 cases, they're declaring a national emergency, public health emergency. 99% of those infected are men, and 98% of those 99% are gay or bisexual. There is something culturally that is causing the spread, and it is an attitude towards sexual relations. That's not bigoted. That's just fact based on the CDC. But already, we're hearing about organizations that are working aggressively to make sure that people are not stigmatized 
The last thing in the world you want to do is stigmatize those who might be gay. You know, we, we think from, from day one, we were thinking about stigma, and particularly this city with its history of HIV-AIDS activism and act- advocacy. That's Dr. Susan Phillip, city and county of San Francisco health officer. Man, that's some bigotry right there. You don't want to make note of who is getting this and where this is coming from and how this is spreading? How are people going to know? And me saying it, is that somehow bigoted? I don't think so. I think it's just me having a conversation about the data. But if you're more concerned with stigma than you are with saving people's lives, what the hell is wrong with you? You sound like these prosecutors. Therefore, you must be wrong. Because two plus two is always four. There is only one thing that connects these prosecutors. Diversity Therefore, needing to know what someone looks like before you hire them is bigotry. And you don't want to talk about the spread of monkeypox where you've declared a national emergency, a public health emergency, because you're too afraid it'll make gay people look bad? I'm going to stick with honesty, clarity, and the truth. And man... We got a lot of work to do to get some really bad people out of office and out of any level of cultural influence. I'm Tony Katz. They're trying to do Americans uh, looked at what they perceived to be, and I think rightly so, a ton of money that was wasted on the Russia collusion investigation so do you agree that the allegation of secret collusion between president trump and russia was a hoax yes or no i i don't think that's the terminology i would use but uh i think there's been a lot written on this subject and uh, both in the special counsel's report the inspector general's it's report yes no, so that's not a term i would use okay uh do you agree that the hunter biden laptop was not Russia disinformation. Uh, Now you're asking about an ongoing investigation uh, that I expect our folks to pursue aggressively, and I just I can't comment on that. Okay, and you possess the laptop, right? Uh, Again, I can't discuss that ongoing investigation. You can't even tell us if you have the laptop, Christopher Ray, director of the FBI. Okay, won't answer the questions for Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. You wouldn't call it a hoax. The follow-up question, uh, Senator Blackburn, is, so what would you call it? I don't know why she didn't ask. But it was part of a grilling that Ray had in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Ted Cruz was classic Cruz. And the FBI has damaged itself and embarrassed itself. And I mean, I've, I, there, I, I could do a whole day on this one alone. But you've, you're going to be seeing this commentary all over your social media feeds. Look for it. Look for it. More to get to. All right, I'll talk Alex Jones just this once. This is Tony Katz today. Alex Jones has to pay $4 million to... I See, I thought it was one family regarding Sandy Hook. Maybe it's some multiple families. I will admit to you 
that I have not followed the story closely because I don't follow Alex Jones at all. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, I never ever met Alex Jones. I don't believe I've ever been in the same location where Alex Jones was. Certainly I was not aware of it. Can't remember ever being aware of it. But my thoughts about Alex Jones, the guy from InfoWars, have always been twofold. Guy can do what he wants, say what he wants. You deal with the ramifications of your actions and of your statements. That, that, that's true of anybody who's in, in the world of radio or in content. That, that's just true of anybody who's on social media. That's true of you in, in your life, regardless of your job. You say things, you might have to deal with the ramifications therein. I always thought Alex Jones was a scumbag. The reason I thought Alex Jones was a scumbag because the DNC, Democratic National Convention, in 2012, was it? Was that the one in Denver? And there was Alex Jones screaming at and following around Michelle Malkin. Now, I agree with Michelle on a great number of things. I disagree with her intensely on a few things. And I think it's been interesting, some of the free speech causes she has supported. I'm not quite sure why she has gone down certain roads. I haven't spoken to her in a good long time. Uh, But there was a time where I read her website religiously. There was a time we've had her on on the show and I would have her back on the show and kind of go over some uh, of these things. And there was an event, and I'm forgetting where we were, I'm forgetting what city it was, where I was there and and she was there. I don't think we were both speaking, but there was a moment she was speaking, it was speaking publicly. I forget, gosh, I forget what it was about. And soon afterwards, you know, people want to talk to her, there's a crowd around her, and I realize... There's nobody there to staff her. Now, if you don't know who Michelle Malkin is, Michelle Malkin created Hot Air. Michelle Malkin created Twitty, uh, Twitchy. Uh, Michelle Malkin, not Twitty, Twitchy. Uh, Michelle Malkin is a, a conservative and, and a, uh, a great political acumen, a fantastic uh, reporter. She's got this history behind her, was writing about things nobody else was even thinking of. Uh, really, really special brain. And, uh, and, Man, she's intense. She is intense. If you've never seen her, maybe she's five feet tall, Asian. You may know her, you may not. But she's certainly at the time wildly popular. There's this crowd around her that wants to to talk to her and get questions and photos. And I realize after about 20 minutes of this, there's no one there to staff her. And that means there's no one here to say, hey, guys, uh, Michelle's got to go to her next event. Michelle's got an interview to do. Sorry, guys. And you help her get out of there. There's nobody there in a protective capacity. It's Michelle Malkin against the world. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. And I'm the guy. I'm not a small guy. I walk over like, all right, guys, Michelle's got to get to her next event. Thank you, everybody. And she signs one or two more autographs, and we we walk off and had a whole conversation. It's the last real conversation I remember having with her. Um, always liked her. Uh, I Again, I, I'm not going to get into everything that has happened uh, since uh, some, conver- some things that she has engaged has not been my cup of tea, uh, but someone can do things that I don't like and I'm still, I'm still up for talking to them.
You know, it, 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 it would be weird, foolhardy uh, to say otherwise. There can be things I disagree with that are, uh, you know, I absolutely disagree with you and still talk to them. Then there are things that are beyond the pale. But I haven't spoken to her, as I said, in a good number of, of years. I bring up Michelle Malkin because I think it was the 2012 Democratic Convention. I think it was in Denver. And there is Alex Jones screaming and yelling at Michelle Malkin while he's videotaping himself. Michelle's not paying attention. She's walking around. She's with some people. And he is screaming and yelling and losing his mind, so desperate for attention that he was going to get some attention by screaming at somebody who was radically popular at the time, Michelle Malkin. And at the moment I saw that video, I said, man, Alex Jones is a scumbag. That is the grand total of my thoughts on Alex Jones. I never really paid much attention to what he was doing vis-a-vis Sandy Hook, the school shooting there. But he was saying and said for years that the shooting was a hoax. I had always thought that he had thought that that he had said that he believed that there were crisis actors and it was uh, it, it was that kind of, of thing as opposed to I, like I didn't know that he said no one died like that's that I, I didn't know then again not a follower but there's enough reporting out there that he said that uh, Sandy Hook. Uh, shooting what w- was a hoax, and then he's on on the stand, and uh, he's saying, uh, "Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's real and it happened." And you're like, "Too little, too late." They went after you for defamation, and they are now getting awarded four point one one million dollars. Now, there's going to be more to this because there's going to be punitive damages. Lord only knows what that's going to come out as. Jones on the stand that uh, admitted on the stand that the shooting was 100% real. And he conceded it was irresponsible of him to uh, declare that the school shooting was a hoax. Okay. That's it. That okay. There, there it is. He's he he got hit. He's gonna get hit again. And honestly, is is that the end of it? I don't know. I mean, there is a unique wrinkle. I don't know if you heard this or not. The unique wrinkle comes in when Alex Jones learns about a mistake from his own lawyers. I said you didn't. Nice trick. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones, did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years and when informed did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protected in any way. And as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text messages about Sandy Hook. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave them my phone and it- Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. No, did I, you know I, this happened? 
No, I didn't know this happened, but I mean, I told you I gave him the phone over. And just answer the question. His lawyers gave over every text message and didn't do anything about it? Alex Jones is going to sue his lawyers for malpractice. Is it malpractice? Is that what you sue him for? The lawsuit's going to go on for forever, and he's going to be right. Because the evidence is him on the stand in front of the judge under oath. Holy crap. That's nuts. That's nuts. And if you say to me, well, look, if he perjured himself, if he lied, I mean, I, that, that, that's him. I'm not going to say that he didn't lie, right? I'm going to argue that if you are giving uh, evidence that you're not supposed to give, and the question would be not supposed to give, does that something that comes out in the discovery phase, et cetera, and you as a lawyer are not protecting your client, uh, you deal with that consequence. So that's going to be a whole thing in and of itself. It's going to be crazy town. But this is what I'm giving you is the grand total of what I know about this case. The grand total of what I know about him. Now, I will tell you that I am somewhat concerned by this because of how others may take this. So let me give you an example. Remember, I do this for a living, guys. You and I, we get to share in conversation. This, this is what I get to do. I, I feel pretty fortunate. So let's say I make a statement about someone or something or an event. I think X and here's Y. Does someone get to decide that that is defamatory? Or is it about the idea that I knew something was false and said it anyway? What if I'm not doing that, but I am saying something in jest, clearly in jest? Can someone decide to sue me for it? Okay, maybe they don't win, but exactly how much damage could be done to me? How much damage done to my career? I watch this, and I watch the irresponsibleness of Alex Jones, and I am only left asking myself, how does this affect everybody who creates content for a living? How does this affect me on a very, very personal level creating content? I have argued before. I have shared this with you before. I know that I am one word away every single day from losing my job. One wrong word, one mispronounced word, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm done. It's over. Hunter will be able to make a career again before I would. That's how perilous it is. Let me tell you, this job, not for everybody. Remember, I do this six hours a day, and then I've got the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio show, then I've got the video series. 
I'm doing 34 hours of content a week, never mind the study time. So if you're asking how many hours a week that is, uh, carry the two, nine billion hours. That's how much time it takes to do this all right and properly. I know that that's true. You know that it's true. You're a word away. And by the way, you and I are not that different. Uh, Picture your workplace. You also, in many subjects, are a word away from it all being over. And sometimes you don't even say the word. Somebody else thought you said the word, and it's still a massive problem. It doesn't matter what that word is, by the way. I have no specific word in mind when I say that. So I do pay attention to the damages in this case. And I'm really paying attention to how people are perceiving its meaning in this Alex Jones case. That Alex Jones was found guilty? Whatever. Did I think about Alex Jones? I don't think about Alex Jones. I don't give a... I don't give a good holy damn about Alex Jones. Never have, and I'm not about to. Except I would say that if someone was questioning whether or not he has the right to say things, of course he has the right to say things. Free speech does indeed exist. If you talk about the parameters uh, 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 of free speech, that, of course, is the idea that um, you can't engage in, in defamation, and you might have people say, hey, you can't say that about me. Hey, you're lying about me. Hey, it's, a, it's character assassination, etc." That's what's happened here. Sandy Hook happened. I don't know how we'd be thinking anything else at this stage of the game. And that is my first and last, and please, please let it be last word on Alex Jones. I'm Tony Katz. People upset that Joe Biden isn't getting enough love. Why aren't you supporting Joe Biden? Don't you know Joe Biden's your president? You got to support him right away. Yet at the same time, you you have many members of the president's own party speaking openly, saying that President Biden shouldn't run for president in 2024. Rick Wilson, uh, he he tweeted this point earlier today. He said Democrats can't organize a two-car motorcade, but they sure can turn the guns on the leader of their party 90 days before an election. This is a basic lack of discipline. I wonder, did you see your party? Some in your party is undermining their own president. Well, certainly I think some, some in my party need to take a, take a step back and maybe shut their Twitters off because the president in the last six weeks, we've seen gas prices lower at the pump for the last seven weeks, quite honestly, going down. That's the fastest reduction in, in a decade. We're seeing uh, a major bill on, on infrastructure that, that people are going to see the investments in their communities coming up this, this summer and, and into the fall. Uh, we saw the CHIPS bill that was passed, a bipartisan bill, by the way, uh, that the president was able to reach across the aisle in both of those bills to see more money for manufacturing. And then the, 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 I don't need to hear any more from Matt Walsh, the labor secretary. I'm sorry, Marty Walsh, labor secretary. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what's going on? Yes, <laughs> shutting off your Twitter is not a bad idea. Is never a bad idea. Biden doesn't have support from his party, and they keep wanting to talk about, oh, you got the chips bill done, and he's gotten this done. Oh, look, he's going to get the Inflation Reduction Act done. And as you as you heard, uh, that's not about reducing inflation. Inflation will increase. It will continue to build and grow with no end in sight. Bank of England sees getting back to their 2% inflation target rate in 2025. 
Just saying. But Biden, uh, you know, they keep trying to sell him. Like, oh, he's doing great. It's, it's not it. People don't have any faith in him going into uh, 2024. But it's not the only party where you're seeing people move away from the quote-unquote leader. Senator Tim Scott is endorsing Lisa Murkowski for her Senate run in Alaska. Trump hates Murkowski. Murkowski's weak in the knees. Oh, yeah, Trump wants her gone. Trump is 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 supporting uh, the uh, her her challenger. Of course he is. Can't stand. Cannot stand Trump. And I, she did not vote for in conviction, but she was one of the people who allowed impeachment to. To allow, she allowed it to move forward. I'm trying to remember the exact terminology. But Tim Scott is endorsing her because, well, she can win. And I don't think the other candidate can win. And winning matters. And in his words, I like to win. Which is exactly why so many Democrats are saying, Joe Biden, um, oh, look, look at the pretty, look at the pretty sky. Isn't the sky pretty? And changing the subject. Because they want to win.